0: Next on BYUSN, what in the world does BYU football have to do against Wyoming on Saturday night to help you move on from the debacle at Austin Stadium in Oregon? BYU seems agitated. Are the Cougars about to go nuclear on the Cowboys? Good news. No reactor on campus that we know of. That is fantastic news. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, everyone. It is Thursday, September 22nd. As always, we're presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. My name is Spencer Linton, alongside nuclear physicist and training, Jerem Jordan.
1: Uh, Yeah, didn't take a science class at BYU, so (laughs) I've got some work to do. Uh, On today's show, former Cougar radio sideline reporter and receiver, the doctor, Nate Mickle, joins us from Lawrence, Kansas. He works at Kansas. We'll talk to him about BYU to the Big 12, playing Wyoming, and much more. The freshest deep blue is out, featuring Isaac Rex and his recovery from a brutal ankle injury against USC last year. And we share our game notes for BYU and Wyoming. But first, let's serve up some headlines.
0: Starting with 19th-ranked BYU football, who renews the old Mountain West Conference rivalry. Yeah, with the Wyoming Cowboys this Saturday night, 10:15 p.m. Eastern, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Here's BYU offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick on BYU establishing the critical run game against Wyoming.
2: They're, they're really good run defense. There's always one more person in the box than you can block. Um, they're very good at what they do. It'll be a challenge, but um, it's the same offensive line and basically same team that ran the heck out of the ball last year, yep. not, not concerned about it, concerned. Uh, we'll fix it. If
1: BYU's offense is as good as A-Rod's mustache, the Cougars are going to be just fine. Tonight, number 16 women's volleyball begins West Coast conference play against LMU 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. The Cougars have won six of the last seven WCC championships.
0: BYU women's soccer alumna Ashley Hatch back to her old tactics, you know, scoring goals. She scored a PK for the Washington Spirit in the 88th minute last night. Two to one loss to Angel City FC, but again, who cares? as as BYU players are doing well. (laughs) That's right. Hatch played 90 minutes, had two shots, took two shots on goal along with that PK.
1: Washington Spirit getting it done. BYU freshman volleyball player Trent Moser has made the USA U21 training team ahead of the U21 Pan American Cup in Cuba October 3rd through the 8th. Moser's an incoming freshman from Arizona who will compete for an outside hitter spot this season beginning in January.
0: All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Wyoming to the rescue, Jerem! We're a game against Wyoming for BYU football. BYU football fans are hoping that a game against Wyoming will help solve some of the woes that were presented against Oregon at Autzen Stadium. So, Jerem, as we look deeper into this, what does BYU football have to do against the Cowboys to help you And the rest of the fan base maybe move on from the loss against Oregon.
1: Certainly, a big win would help. Uh, The line is what 22 and a half as of Monday. Haven't looked it up since. Maybe it slid a little bit. But a big win would be nice. Even bigger than that would be nice. Wyoming is a, a, a good team. Will they challenge BYU at home? In certain areas, I think so. But I think Wyoming's running into a buzzsaw here. This is a an agitated BYU football team. Yep. As evidenced by some of the comments this week, they want to move on from this game. They want to perform better. They know they're better. Let's listen to a couple of sound bites to illustrate this, starting with Kalani Satake.
3: Whenever you you're kind of, you know, being questioned a little bit as a team, as a program, you have, you have one choice. So I've asked these guys to be humble and be hungry. Now you got no choice but to be humble and to learn. And now you got no choice but to get hungry and get after this next game. I wish the game was tomorrow.
1: That was Monday. Okay. That was Monday. A little bit of agitation. Hey, let's go. Uh, Aaron Roderick, you just heard him. Let's play a more extended soundbite on the important of, uh, importance of establishing the run game because obviously BYU has not performed well in the last two games on the ground. Here's A-Rod. They're
2: really good run defense. Mm-hmm. There's always one more person in the box than you can block. Um, they're very good at what they do. It'll be a challenge, but um, this is the same offensive line and basically same team that ran the heck out of the ball last year. Yep. Not not concerned about it. Concerned. Uh, we'll fix it. Also. Looking back at the Oregon film, was there something in particular they did? No, we got well we got down by three scores, so we could we didn't really try to run. You were trying to throw the ball. Yeah, I you. mean. We didn't even try to run. We were too far down. We had to throw to catch up. Mm-hmm. So running the ball, you, we could have we could have spent the whole day trying to figure out how to run the ball if you don't want to, if you don't care about winning.
1: BYU certainly cares about winning, and that's why the Cougars had to pass a lot. Um. Passing a lot is sometimes is a sign that you were behind. Sometimes it's a sign that that secondary stinks and you're throwing the ball down the field. But yes, a big win where BYU establishes the run and hopefully it's pretty clean everywhere else. Would love to see some Jake Oldroyd field goals yes, go through, please. assuming he's the kicker. Better special teams overall. Ryan Rico has got to play better. Uh, right now he's not the best player on the team like he was the previous two years, as I've talked <laughs> about. Zach Wilson was two years ago. Don't no doubt. But, uh, yeah, I, I expect, and I think you do too, for BYU to respond really well to a, a terrible performance last week. I think they're going to come out and just blow Wyoming out.
0: Yes, let's qualify what that dominant yes. big blowout victory at would look like. At least cover. Okay? At least. BYU is a 21 or 22-point favorite, depending on which line you're looking at. Okay, three plus, three plus scores.
1: Yes, that's why I say 17, by the way, because 17 is three
0: scores. Wyoming averages – about 24 points a game. So
1: that's not a ton. If,
0: if BYU's defense does give up 24 and they cover, we're looking at mid-40s. Like, and to me, that's kind of where I, I have pinpointed what BYU's offense needs to do. I love it. Give me 40-plus, 40 probably 45 to 48 points against Wyoming. That's and very
1: specific The Cougars
0: specific. have done this a lot against Wyoming for what it's worth. Granted, <laughs> it's been a while. Often they've gone 50-plus in the last 20 years. Uh, just get to 45 at least. if if you're BYU, so that's a qualify. And how you do it, the run game for BYU needs to be established. Granted, Wyoming's rush defense through four games has been pretty good. Only 126 yards on the ground given up per per team. Including Air Force, who was depleted, but
1: still, that's what Air Force does, right?
0: Yeah, Air Force was missing six starters, had 37 different players sick and missing practice at some point during the week leading up to the Wyoming game, but still... Like, you got to show up against a very, very disciplined option offense in Air Force, and you got to go to work. So, only 126 a game is interesting. Like, how does BYU's rushing attack, as we just heard Aaron Roderick said, look, their, their rush defense is good. we got to figure this thing out. So, maybe this is a little bit more of a maybe challenge. Maybe BYU has to throw it. Maybe this is, yeah. To open up the Who knows? <laughs> maybe this is a little bit more of a challenge for BYU on a run. And I kind of like that. Like, I, I don't want it to just be like, you know, you walk over them going from Baylor and Oregon to Wyoming. I kind of like that this is weird. It's, it could be a little bit challenging for BYU. So if BYU can rush for 150 plus, that's something that I would like to see. That would help one, me feel better.
1: Yes, and 150 is not a huge number. To most, to most teams, 200 is the number you're sure. going for rushing. But, because but at BYU, yeah. you, it's not about Wyoming. At BYU, you, UID, it's 100 minimum. You've got to get to 150 because
0: you're hoping to throw for 250 yeah, plus. Yeah. So. Four hundred plus total yards, right? Yes, Throw always. for two fifty, rush for one fifty. Pretty mm-hmm. good balance at BYU. Yes. I would like to see the Cougars go one fifty plus against a defense that only gives up one twenty six. And a quick start. None of this weird. Like it's a nice First game. Quarter. BYU's been so dominant at night, as we've pointed out. I mean, crazy. It's what twenty one and one over the last four years? That's, That's unbelievable. When the game is after six p.m. That's <laughs> stupid. What? Right. So they've been so good. Why not a quick start against Wyoming? That that would help me feel a little bit better. And then Wyoming's offense is only putting up just over 300 yards a game. I think 311 to be exact. So they do not. Oh,
1: amber is the color of their energy, Spence.
0: Yes. They do not have a dynamic offense. BYU's defense really has no excuses. Wyoming doesn't score a ton of points. They don't have a dynamic offense. Nope. Golden opportunity for BYU's defense to really shut things down and send a message to Wyoming. So that's how it would qualify a dominant blowout a uh, satisfying victory for BYU is give me 45 points, give me a way better run game, a quick start, and some stingy defense.
1: Yes, there can be mistakes. Just overcome them with more great plays or creating mistakes from Wyoming's side. Andrew Peasley is a guy that we saw at Utah State. He transferred to Wyoming. He's the starter. He's got a good enough arm down the field. He is a guy that on third and sixth is going to run for a first. He's going he's to look to go downfield. And By the way, Wyoming, I haven't really seen this. They have an interesting thing where typically the helmet is going to have the, the the gear goes all the way around the top. It It's only the bottom. It's going to look weird hmm. when you see them walk out with those helmets. I've watched like almost two games, uh, Air Force <laughs> and Tulsa, and I'm like, what's up with that helmet? It's a a, wild West. It's a different design. <laughs> uh, but it, Wyoming, Wyoming certainly presents a few challenges. They're not the challenge, of course, that Oregon and Baylor are. They are better than South Florida. So, South Florida, remember, BYU runs for over 300 yards in this game, highlighted by the first play from scrimmage. Dang runs.
0: it, why couldn't South Florida beat Florida in the swamp last week? Moral victory would yeah.
1: have been. The 75-yard run sets the tone. Chris Brooks has two runs of 40-plus in that game. This is an important game for Chris Brooks, and I think that he will come out and be similar to what he was against South Florida. I would love to see a 100-yard game from Chris Brooks. Now, if Wyoming decides we're going to make BYU throw the ball – then you throw the ball and you win that way. You don't have to establish the run game. It'd just be nice given how bad it's been the last two games where Jaron Hall had to – sort. well, against Baylor, Jaron Hall had to win this game and Chase Roberts showed up in a massive way. Will we see a Puka Naku in this game? Please, Will we yes. see Gunnar Romney? At
0: least a series or two, please.
1: Be- because the-, the goal for those two is to get back to beat Notre Dame. The only way that BYU gets the real bad taste out of their mouth from Oregon is to beat Notre Dame. To me, I think even if BYU dominates the next two weeks, we're still going to go. Well, that Oregon game was still, but we're still going to. That's going to linger. But if you if you win the next two, which BYU is going to, and then you beat Notre Dame in Vegas, we will forget about the Oregon game because guess what? BYU is right outside the top Mm. ten, if not right back in it. With only one loss at Oregon, who, hey, go Ducks. Hopefully they have a great season, and that loss looks like, well, it's hard to win I was just going
0: to ask you that. What's your status on Oregon? Like, do you want Oregon now to win the pac
1: 100%. Yes. Beat Utah. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, BYU's opponents, I am cool with all of them winning outside of the BYU game. Utah, though, eh,
0: eh. A little bit different. Fewer...
1: And you therein were, lies the were, special
0: factor of the yes, rivalry. Yes, that's the
1: rivalry. That's what they, don't, they don't want BYU to win the rest of the year? Come on, man. Although last year was a respectable loss for Utah to lose to BYU. 10 and 3 it to BYU. wasn't as respectable to lose to San Diego State and, what, Oregon State, I think, last year?
0: Now, I, I do, I'm glad that you bring up, uh, like, the Oregon Ducks specifically because, yeah, as bad as that was in Eugene, like, just maybe Oregon rebounds and is a special team. And we look and say – Okay, Georgia, they're truly in another stratosphere. <laughs> yes. Oregon's a legit top 10 team. If, if it turns out the BYU loses on the road after all of a sudden done to like a top 10 Oregon team, is anybody going to be like, oh man, that was terrible loss. Well, and it was early in you know. the season. Last week I said, Spence, yeah. if BYU has
1: to lose a game, That's the game to lose. Obviously, we don't like being down
0: thirty-one. No, no, down thirty-eight to seven. The way you lose the game still stings. But if if Oregon is great and they win the Pac-12 and they're a top-ten team or even a top-fifteen team, nobody is going to say that was a bad loss by BYU. and and that's an understandable loss because Oregon doesn't lose at home apparently.
1: Yes, they haven't in a long time, right? And that's the hope. But the controllable is can BYU learn from that situation? Pound Wyoming and Utah State. Thursday night game next week, by the way. Short week. Let's go. Uh, a week from now, we're talking about Utah State in town. and Then it's Friday off, general conference weekend, and then you're on to Notre Dame. And it's men's basketball media days in Vegas. It's a huge week, right, for a lot of programs. You, you, this is a lead up. The team has to focus, obviously, on Wyoming and Utah State. We do not. We, we can think about Notre Dame and Arkansas sitting there. Third game away and fourth game away. Get right for those teams. Yes, establish the run game. Get that confidence back. Um, you know, beat up on some G5s, and then you've got the real challenge of Notre Dame and Arkansas, where if BYU can split, you're in business. You got the two and two versus the Big Four, like we talked about. Now you got to take care of business uh, at home against some teams. You got to go win at Boy State. You got to beat Stanford on the road. Ten and two would still be uh, in the works you can lose big and get embarrassed to Oregon and still rebound and have an incredible situation here. Just what we hope is that Oregon didn't show us that BYU is inept in these places that will bite BYU later. Hopefully the Cougars rebound in a way that shows us, no, 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 they're super legit. And like last year with two losses, BYU creeped up all the way to 14 near the end of the year. And had they taken care of business in the bowl game,
0: would have finished top twelve. Now you bring up Puka Nakua and Gunner Romney. I'm hopeful that they play at least a few series. Specifically Gunner. Just get him on the field, let him get, you know, at least a dressed few and warmed up for sure. If not in the game. Same yeah. with Puka. And then on the defensive side, Tyler Batty and Earl Tuyoti Mariner have practiced this week. That's good news. Uh the BYU rush defense gets a shot in the arm with the Re-emergence of those two guys back on the defensive line after they sat out against Oregon. I don't know how much of a difference that made against Oregon. made somewhat of a difference to not have two experienced defensive linemen. When you're
1: down down. 31, I'm not sure there's much. Yeah, I don't
0: know. But getting all of those guys back, that should help. Now, our question of the day, what does BYU have to do against Wyoming to help you move on from the loss against Oregon? Let's go to Voice of the Nation, hashtag BYUSN, at before the Dark Knight answers on Instagram. So Batman begins? Apparently. (laughs) Be able to run the ball and be able to stop the run. And maybe win by 30.
1: I think BYU fans Ooh. are expecting a blowout, which we've been calling for. Also, last week I said BYU by double fix. That didn't happen either. But if BYU doesn't win big in this game, i got real concerns. I respect Wyoming, and it's 3-1. and one. It's wins uh, versus Air Force and Tulsa. Those are nice wins. Uh, but if they come in and compete with BYU at home, where the Cougars have been all but beatable after 6 p.m., as we've talked about.
0: Oh, they, they've been serious. Like they've been unbeatable and one at night.
1: 2019. The one loss is, is Utah in 2019 who got to as high as five that season before blowing it uh, in the, the Pac-12, Pac-12 title game and against Texas uh, in the Alamo Bowl. Let's go. Let's go. Take care of business and beat up on Wyoming in perhaps the last game with the Cowboys yeah.
0: in a long time yeah. or ever. Run the ball, 150 plus, stop the run. I mean, what is stopping the run, though? Let's qualify that really sub quickly. Sub-150. Okay, sub-150? Yards per carry, it's sub-4. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, hashtag BYUSN to join that conversation on all of the social media platforms. Hey,
1: on Saturday night, 8 Eastern time. BYU Sports Nation game day gets you ready for 19th ranked BYU against Wyoming, as we've talked about. Two hours and 15 minutes of wholesome, family-friendly, amazing content. Which, speaking of, I posted a picture of, uh, of uh, you know, the game day image. <laughs> you're, you're sitting down with that cougar. Hercules BYU says... How blessed the day when the Linton and the Lions shall yes. lie down together without any arm.
0: What great well piece. Well done. What great piece. Hey, Brian Logan
1: in the mix as well. Very
0: nice. <laughs> Up next, former BYU receiver and radio sideline reporter Nate Mickle. Hey. He's podcasting Mickles and Dimes. Hey. He joins us from Kansas, from Big 12 country. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU
3: Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968.
0: We are live in Studio B for more BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now, the man you just saw, for those watching on TV, put together, hey, an exciting highlight Has there highlight been a Nate
1: Mickle music video before? That was awesome.
0: of punt returns. Yeah, believe it or not, once upon a time, BYU had some exciting punt returns. It's been a while. I remember when college football had punt returns. <laughs> it's been a sec. Joining us now from Big 12 country in the heart of Lawrence, Kansas, is Professor Nate Mickle. Doctor. Doctor Nate Mickle. I apologize. Nate, What's welcome, up, to Nate B- welcome to BYU Sports Nation.
4: Guys, I, I I think this is my first appearance, and I just couldn't be happier. <laughs> Love to connect with you guys again. It's been so long. You know, we used to hang out together so much. We used to go to all these games together and see each other all the time. And, and it, it's been a little while, so it's so great to be back with you guys. How dare you want to progress in life and uh, get that doctorate uh, and make money? Let's
1: walk through what you've done since uh, you you thought that life had more than sideline reporting on the radio. Uh, let's see. You went to Stanford and went to law school, and you got your. You got a degree there, law degree, right?
4: Yeah, I got a JD at Stanford, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, basically, I just, I don't like to work. I mean, that's what it comes <laughs> down to. So <laughs> go to I school. go to school, I go to Stanford. <laughs> I realize I just want to stay in school forever. Uh-huh. Uh, so then I did the PhD uh, at, a, a school, uh, um, at a school, at a school for a few years. Yep. <laughs> and then, hey, uh, Lavelle got a I, doctorate I in to
1: Utah to... as well, Nate. It's okay.
4: It's okay. So, okay. So, yeah, I got that there. And then... Uh, I really, you know, I'm loving school some more. So I, I decided to go to Notre Dame for three years at a postdoc <laughs> there. And uh, I, I got this tenure track job at Kansas when I was like 40. So basically I, I postponed uh, entering the workforce until 40. So, you know, <laughs> if nothing else happens in my life, I feel like I kind of won in terms of uh, avoiding work.
0: Hey, you're getting your student loans paid off, right? Uh, conversation for, <laughs> a,
4: conversation but, for another and day. And now you work <laughs> in Kansas, right? What are
0: you, what are you doing at Kansas?
4: Yeah, so uh, at Kansas, I teach leadership and ethics. I spend a lot of my time doing research on social psychology as it relates to organizations. Uh, but yeah, teaching leadership and ethics in the business school, business ethics, as they as they say on uh, what is it Billy Madison?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well played. You got a great podcast going as well, Michael. That's why I got dines. the mic. It's legit. Yeah, for you, you, you're all set up. Uh, but we do. <laughs> we brought you on for a very specific reason, Nate, because of your successes with BYU football against Wyoming, specifically and a punt return I still think was a touchdown it was Nate. A touchdown. I think it, it was, was a, a touchdown. touchdown and it it's feel it like Bills had this hex they can't have a punt return for a touchdown and feels like forever <laughs> was it a touchdown walk us through that play in 2006 did you get into the end zone
4: Yeah so it, you know it's it's so funny because um I actually talked to the ref a few years later about that play <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like like any good ref he dug in his heels and and told me <laughs> Uh, why i was wrong but anyway so what happened is and, and i don't know you know you, you said punt return and and i was the punt returner but i did return like three kicks and so this actually was a kick return oh sorry yeah, uh, yeah just kick return. You, okay for people who you know really want to get into details but what was interesting about this play is we had scouted wyoming and we we knew they were going to do this little or they like to do this little short kick to the right most people kick deep to the left right but we knew they like to do this little short kick to the right and it, it's the opening kickoff. If we win this game, we're going to be conference champs, at least have a share. So that's a big game and Wyoming has the top defense in the conference. So right before they're about to kick, I move up to that spot where I know they're going to kick it or where we'd scouted that they were going to kick it to tell them like, Hey guys, I know what you're doing. And then I'm like, you idiot. If I do that, maybe they'll kick it to the left and I want the ball. So, cause, cause frequently like Curtis would be the return guy on the right. So I was like, I'm going to back up and pretend like I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I don't know if it would have made a difference. But anyway, I back up. As soon as they kick, I run up. And, and sure enough, they kick it there. Uh, I run down the left sideline. And, you know, I know my strengths. And I was always quick. Top end speed was not a strength. Uh, so I'm going down the sideline. I, I see the end zone. I think I'm going to get there. I switch the ball to my right hand. I dive. I hit the pylon with the ball my left hand's extended to the left. I hit my head and my legs come over my back. And like, I really tweak my back. And I, and I think I give myself a little bit of a minor concussion, but I'd scored. I knew I'd hit the pylon. And so I go over to the sideline, you know, we scored on the opening kick. Great start to the game. And I'm a little bit woozy. And when I come kind of get my senses and look out there, we we got the ball in the one yard line. I start asking around like, what's going on? How'd we get the ball back? And they're like, Oh, they didn't they blew you out of bounds. I was like, what? My one, you know, my, my <laughs> shining moment where I thought I scored. So but anyway, I saw the ref a few years later when I was doing broadcasting. And I was like, yeah, you know, we were playing in Wyoming. And he's like, oh, I worked that game. And I was like, oh, I, I, have, I got a beef with one of the refs there. He's like, that was me. You touched your hand out when you dove. And I said, no, I didn't. I got that feeling. He's like, no, you, you did. You did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and thanks to the mountain cameras, or maybe it was versus, we had some real high quality SD 480p footage so that we could clearly (laughs) see whether you were in or not. (sighs) No, but that game BYU wins 55-7. You guys win the Mountain West, and uh, hey, Utah was against the top
0: defense in the conference. I had forgotten that. That's pretty good.
1: Okay, so now BYU renews uh, the rivalry with Wyoming, and Nate, this might be the last game BYU plays with Wyoming ever, or in a long time, because I don't think BYU is going to return the game in 2024. They already have Nevada at home, so. BYU and Wyoming coming up Saturday. What do you think of what you've seen from BYU so far this year? And what's it like to play against Wyoming?
4: Yeah, well, let me go to that first. Let me go to your second question first. And thankfully, this game is in Provo because, uh, man, going to (laughs) Wyoming, it's so hard to play there. It's hard to get there. Uh, When we flew in, we got hit by lightning. We asked the – it was the scariest scariest moment I've ever had on a plane – And we asked the stewardess after, you know, did we get hit by lightning? She's like, uh, no, you didn't. But yeah, you did. (laughs) And uh, it's like 70. Whoa. Uh, Sorry,
1: what? Was that 05?
4: Uh, 05. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was, it was touch and go. We were scared. And, uh, you know, 75 mile per hour winds, 7,000 feet elevation. Like you're getting close to that, like altitude sickness level. Uh, You know, we, we we beat them of course while we were there. Uh, So yeah, at least this one's in Provo. Uh, you know, when we played them, they were just gritty and tough and they had one of the best wide receivers, Javon Bonite, uh, finished like top 20 all time in the NCA for receptions and yards. And, uh, he, I think he coached at Utah state. He's still a coach right now. Um, I, you know, I, I think BYU is, is, uh, ready to win this game. It, it's easy. You know, you watched that Oregon game and, uh, it, it's easy, you, you know, it's, it's easy, or maybe we're prone to give into the temptation of like, Oh, the sky is falling. We lost, big to Oregon, but look, BYU's offense, if if you would have before the game said, here's Jaron Hall's stat line and, uh, you know, how do you feel about the game? You'd say, yeah, good. So look, Oregon had a great offensive game plan. We struggled to stop them, but I'm really looking forward to the game this week and I think BYU establishes the run and they, they have a good game and get the win.
0: Nate, you have moved further east on the plains of the Midwest to now Lawrence, Kansas. You are in the heart of Big 12 country. BYU is headed there next year as a an official member of the Big 12. What do the Cougars have to look forward to in Lawrence, Kansas, competing in football and basketball and the other sports?
4: Yeah, so I went to a football game last year at KU, and they played Texas Tech uh, and just got destroyed, like, you know, 60 to 10 or whatever, and nobody's in the stands. And I'm like, oh, these poor KU fans, they don't know what it's like to – have a good football program, of course. I've been at BYU where we got awesome fans. I spent three years at Notre Dame, uh, and then I go to a KU basketball game at Allen Fieldhouse a few months later, and it's like, oh man, these fans—they really know what it's like to have a great team. Uh, so now this year they—they they got the new coach Leopold who's doing a good job. He's three uh, and zero. They're—they're—they're uh, they're favored for the first time in like. 10, 15 years against P5 team. So wild. <laughs> BYU, you know, if 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 KU football keep this up, then BYU is gonna have a, a tough game that they they should still win next year. Allen Fieldhouse, though, let me tell you guys, like I just can't wait for the BYU basketball team to be playing in Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. You look at the rafters and you see the players and and, and this is I'm I'm sad or embarrassed to admit this. Um, and, and maybe I can blame it on KU marketing. Uh, for not making me know this, but basketball was essentially invented. Well, they, I don't know, they, There may be debates about where it's invented, but guess who KU Basketball's first head coach was? Was it James Naismith? Dr. James It Naismith. was James Naismith. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I did not know that. And I'm a basketball fan. Now, you know, maybe the true basketball fans are saying, like, you're an idiot, Nate, of course. But look, I didn't know that. He was their first coach. And the next coach, uh, Fogg Allen, that's who they named the arena after. Yep. So, you know, if it were me, I would probably call it Naismith Arena. Uh, regardless, Fogg was an awesome coach. But anyway, you look up to the rafters and, and you see the players that uh, have their jerseys retired. And then you have somebody like, uh, you know, they have a, a number one draft choice uh, guy named Andrew Wiggins. And I don't think his his jersey's not even in the rafters because he didn't hit the bar necessary for that. All that said, BYU is going to compete. They're going to, you know, BYU is going to win some games here is my expectation, the way they win at Gonzaga and beat Gonzaga. So I I just can't wait for the BYU teams and the fans and the media members to come out to our new home here in Lawrence, Kansas.
1: It's going to be awesome, man. And uh, in football, it's going to be fun. Uh, because BYU finally has that P5 schedule that they've been trying to schedule in independence. And this year's certainly challenging, but it's different when it's nine P5s in 10 weeks, right? Plus one in non-conference. So how do you think BYU is going to compete in the Big 12 in the next five, 10 years?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be in the top half. And I think they'll have a chance to compete for conference championships in all the sports. You look what they did last year in the Pac-5 uh five and oh pack five (laughs) it It might be that i don't know we should call it it that (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is it it's it's going to be if it isn't already uh so yeah they go five and oh in the pack whatever it is uh last year and you know i think the midwest is a great fit for byu i'm excited for a number of reasons too because geographically it's a great fit culturally it's a great fit uh it's easy to get to well it's i, I say it's easy to get to lawrence it's two hour flight to kc getting into some of these other schools in wintertime, you know for greg Rubel, uh is going to be a little bit tougher than of course going to the wcc but look, BYU is a premier sport, sports program in the country and they're going to compete and do well. And I think they're going to really thrive. And it's only going to help recruiting being in the Big 12. So yeah, I couldn't be more excited for the team and for Kalani and for Tom and Adman and what they've been able to accomplish by getting into the Big 12.
0: Nate, I, I have a favor to ask on your upcoming podcast, "Mickles uh, and Dimes. I need you to talk about the mentality of what it takes to be a great kick returner and punt returner. Cause I feel like it's a lost art in college football and even through all ranks of football. I just, it just, when you're, when you have a great returner, it is such a weapon. So you did some great things. Perhaps you can talk about that. I'm, I'm asking, I'm requesting that that is discussed at some point on nickels and dimes.
4: Well, I will say that I, so I interviewed Ted Robinson, the Emmy award-winning broadcaster who does the Olympics and NBA and NFL Niners. and major league yep. baseball. And uh, he, he said, you know, he has this mantra of fearless, not reckless. And I was like, wow, that's one thing that every good punt return slash kick returner needs. You got to be fearless. You can't be reckless. Uh, but I could go into some more detail. I like it. You know, I'm, I'm always looking for new topics, and I do some interviews and monologues, so that that I can work that into a monologue for sure. I love it. Okay, to, uh, that's something I want to pass on to my kids. You know, what does it take to thrive under pressure, especially as a punt returner? Where can people find the podcast and
0: uh, listen to some great content? I, I, in fact, I really enjoyed your conversation with Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Brother Moore.
4: Brother Moore. Yes. Brother Moore, the OC for the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. So it's called Mickles and Dimes credit to uh, Ben Criddle, who uh, called me that, you know, 15 years ago and I like it. So <laughs> the idea is just, uh, you know, quick five, 10 minute, uh, simple life lessons that I've learned, typically research backed uh, that I want my kids to know. And then lately I've started just interviewing people who I think are interesting and have something cool to say that I also want my kids to learn. So yeah, if you Google Mickles and Dimes, uh, I've got a website that'll be live here in like a month. It's not live yet. It'll NateMickle.com or com. But yeah, Google it. You'll find it on Apple, on Spotify, on uh Stitcher, Google podcasts, whatever, uh, podcast player you like. Nate,
0: great to talk with you. Uh, I'm sorry it took us this long to do it. I- I'm assuming we'll do it again very soon.
4: So I have a request because okay. I went to Notre Dame and I had season tickets at Notre Dame. I know a fair amount about Notre Dame football, uh-huh. and I'm really excited to watch BYU beat Notre Dame in on October 8th. I will be there at the stadium, but before I go to the game, I'd love to chat with you guys about that game and give you the scouting report yes, please. for this Notre Dame uh, football game.
0: Our producer, Ben Bagley, is writing it down right now. He's <laughs> scrambling to find a pen right now. <laughs> Call Nate during Notre <laughs> Dame week. <laughs> oh, great stuff. Nate, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you again during Notre Dame week.
4: Awesome. Can't wait. We'll make it a regular, uh, regular thing for us, guys. Appreciate it.
0: All right, Nate Mickle with us on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU football player, sideline reporter. Shout and out a, to Idaho Falls. A brilliant, like legitimately, if you couldn't figure it out by like his history, one of the most brilliant, smartest people that I have ever come across.
1: Extremely academic, like, obviously. Unbelievably BYU, Utah, Notre Dame, Kansas. Like, oh, Stanford. Like, he got a law degree, and then he got a PhD as well.
0: <laughs> What he wanted to stay out of the workforce, we, in his words, until he was forty. We both had bachelors, and we're like, "That's enough." But we got our PhD in experience <laughs> on TV
1: in Cougar Stats. <laughs> BYU Radio's Cougar Pregame Live has you covered Saturday night, eight Eastern Time, as Gregor Bell, Jason Shepard, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens get you ready for number nineteen, BYU and Wyoming on Saturday night on BYU
0: Radio. Plus, up next, is BYU football still on the same college football tier as both Baylor and Oregon? Who said that? Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation.
3: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter
1: of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. Make sure you follow us to get the latest and greatest on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok.
0: He is Jeremy Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round, presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, Spence,
1: and RJ Young's latest Fox College football tiers, he has BYU dropping to a Tier 4 team on the same level as Oregon and Baylor.
0: Interesting. Fair? Oh, he does have oregon to the left of byu which to me says that oregon is a little bit better than byu and And then baylor to the right right because byu beat baylor utah is also to the right and texas so i believe that rj young is going from left to right so as long as oregon which they have earned is in front of byu and is in front of baylor that makes sense and in your case jerem as long as BYU is in front of utah that also resonates with you i i mean Yeah, I thought about this after I saw this, I thought, whoa, man, Oregon just took it to BYU. If they played that game, neutral field, not at Autzen, like, again, let's say Oregon and BYU rematch in a bowl game, I think it'd be pretty competitive. Like, Autzen's a special place. We'd hope so. I
1: underrated
0: how special that place is. If
1: they play it in Provo, I'm not sure I'm like, yeah, BYU absolutely wins. No, but totally different game, right? Sure. And if it kicks off after six, then yeah. Watch out.
0: <laughs> Watch out. Yeah, I mean, are you buying this on tier four? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's t- totally fair. Space. Yeah. Yes. What Based is Oregon on this week? What is Oregon this week? 15? Yeah. And BYU's 19? It's not that much of a shocker. Yeah. Okay. I need you to help me with this numbers matrix because this crap sure Well, I I didn't take a
1: math class at BYU. Oh man, no stats. science or math? No, I did you and I did oh communications. The easiest degree of BYU. Okay,
0: maybe you can't help me with this, but Probably I'm going to show it to listen. you anyway. This graph was posted by CFP Numbers on Twitter showing football coaches' average point differential based on talent advantage. Mm-hmm. What do you make of this numbers matrix that has Kalani Satake, we think, in a good position?
1: Yeah, yeah he's in a good position. Uh, Kyle Whittingham has done a great job with that as well. Luke Fickle, Davos Sweeney, uh, Jamie Chadwell Coast Coastal Carolina, you know, Appalachian State, you know, yes, uh, Listen, the easy part of our degree was the academic part wasn't challenging, but we had to learn other things. That was the challenging part. But yeah, uh, Kalani Stock is in a good spot in this. Because BYU always overachieves. Maximizes talent. the recruiting rankings and perceived disadvantages or advantages, BYU always overachieves. The Cougars do a great job because they develop players, they have really quality coaches, and is BYU paying everybody what they deserve at the same level of P5? no, not necessarily. They're doing their best to get to that point. Getting better, we Getting think. better. Uh, staff is increasing, but BYU overachieves given what the talent rankings are. But who is to say, uh, you know, discipline and hard work and heart and whatnot? That's hard to quantify. BYU has a lot of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, this is what has built their brand on. Like, look, you might not be the most notable high school athlete, but... You come to BYU, we will put you into a winning program. We will maximize your talent. We will develop you. And Kamani Satake absolutely deserves credit for that. Zach Wilson, three-star. Tyler Ogier, no star? star? Two-star? One-star, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, He was a walk-on at BYU. Yes.
1: Like... They BYU's done a great job. Both those guys were drafted. Let's go. Volleyball begins West Coast Conference play tonight against LMU. Will the Cougars win the West Coast Conference again?
0: Man, this is a loaded question because the West Coast Conference is much tougher with San Diego and Pepperdine both ranked in the top 20. Pepperdine's one spot below BYU right now at number 17, San Diego number 6. 4. Sorry, number 4. Number 4. Even better. Even better. <laughs> Crazy, right? Ah. The, I think this is a lot to ask BYU Uh, they face tough competition but if they're going to win the west coast conference gym they got to win at San Diego and they they have to win at least one of the two at Pepperdine or at San Diego BYU is capable of doing that but I'm not expecting them to do that
1: to me it doesn't matter if BYU wins the league here's why BYU's got to get to the sweet 16 again that's what BYU does if you get to the sweet 16 you're good but the challenge will be can BYU be good enough to host the first second rounds because that's the key. If you can host those, top 16 seed, it's tough to beat at home. They're not going to have to play a pit-type team at home in the first two rounds.
0: Well, their RPI and schedule are much tougher and better this year. Yes. In those regards. So the that will eight, help them. Yes. In, 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 as a shape for the postseason. Tested but did not get one of those three top ten wins, unfortunately. How about this? FIFA 23, the great soccer franchise video game, will feature Ted Lasso. And AFC Richmond, the Greyhounds. Jeremy, will that be your team of choice in FIFA 23? Yes,
1: uh, Danny Rojas, uh, football is life. <laughs> football is life. I, yes, and uh, Roy Kent, uh, Roy F Kent will be my uh, defender, and I will stop a ton. Of, yes, absolutely. I'm all in on that. Be like a uh, ghost. Yeah, face. Roy, <laughs>
0: Roy Kent, Roy Kent is available. <laughs> the ageless wonder. <laughs> this, uh, yeah. <laughs> You gotta watch out for the cursing with Roy Kent, though. Roy that's, Kent, that's you, you know, sure. That's
1: not coming with the game.
0: <laughs> Former Ute
1: Britton Covey, my favorite Ute of all time, perhaps, was denied access to the player's parking lot because he plays for the Eagles at the uh, Vikings game on Monday night. He had to walk half a mile through tailgaters, uh-huh. find a spot to park to get to the fly, stadium. Fly,
0: Eagles, fly! <laughs> <laughs> he
1: had to fly to get into the game. Despite being a Ute, is this the most BYU story ever? Yeah, totally a BYU story. And
0: <laughs> again, this just... There are two players that every BYU, like former Utah players that every BYU fan loves, Eric Weddle and Britton Covey. Yes. And this just makes him more likable. Like the Eagles fans, after they heard about this, like they already loved him, they love him even more. He is an endeared player in the Eagles fan base. I love this, I think Britton Covey is one of the most genuine people ever. I love this. He's great.
1: Okay, coming up tonight, watch 16th ranked BYU Women's Volleyball take on LMU. The beginning of West Coast Conference play, let's go! Cougars fresh off wins versus Utah and UVU. Watch it on BYU TV and the app tonight.
0: Isaac Rex, if you haven't heard, had an incredible comeback from just a devastating injury against USC. He is the subject of this week's Deep Blue. Some dark moments on the recovery path back. We'll look inside that on BYU Sports Nation.
3: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU
0: Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Last season against USC, Isaac Rex broke his ankle, devastating injury, trying to make a touchdown catch. I was about 20 yards away from that play. And uh, I'll never forget my heart dropping and feeling BYU Sports Nation just collectively groan and feel just so much sadness for Isaac Rex. You know, it could have cost him uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, delayed his wedding and almost this season. Do you know what? It didn't. Isaac Rex overcame that situation with his core family at his side. He is the subject of our deep blue right now on BYU Sports Nation.
3: A-Rod called a play that we had gone over every week of the season.
1: BYU 14, USC 10, just past the halfway mark of the second quarter. I get
5: a good release off the line. I get past my defender, and I think Jaron gets held up a little. There might have been a defender in his face. When A-Rod called it, I was so excited because I knew that that Isaac was going to be open. I don't know where I am, whether I'm inbounds or out of bounds, but I knew I could probably get my feet in. All I see is Isaac go like this. And I thought, oh, he's mad that he dropped the ball. Instantly, I knew I sprained it or something. I was like, oh, this is this is not good, because it was a pretty loud crunch. I started to make my way down, just because I wanted to make
3: sure that he was OK. And when I say OK, not, not injured, just OK to sort of get off the field and, you know, maybe have to watch a few plays, maybe get back in.
6: Then I heard
3: Fessy on the headset just started screaming, hey, he's. <laughs> his foot's turned the wrong way, his ankles all out of whack, and then then I knew that. And then I start to jog, and then I start to move, and that's when I'm more worried about Isaac, certainly, um, and what his mindset is gonna be. When they were trying to set the bone and
5: everything, I couldn't even look at that, but he was trying to be as positive as he can. I see my dad um, come down and it was really good to have uh, my dad there right next to me. He was just comforting me, saying, "It's okay. It's gonna be okay. You're you're okay, bro."
7: He knew where I was sitting, so he looked at me to like wave, and I'm like smiling, waving at. I'm like, "You got it. You're gonna be okay." I had no idea. I literally thought that like he maybe rolled his ankle or like he'd be back out. You know, I had no idea the severity of it.
6: When he was carted off the field, they take him to the tunnel at the Coliseum. Tom Homo and Brian Santiago had a vial of consecrated oil, and they put their hands on his head and gave him a priesthood blessing of healing. Where else does that happen? They're able to give my son a blessing, and I don't know if there's any priesthood blessings in the Coliseum before, but there was one. <laughs> and just starting with a, a blessing of healing, like that was so empowering to Isaac, and it gave him so much strength, and then when we went to the emergency room, I went in with him. There was such a level of calm around him after that.
7: Isaac scored his first touchdown. Everybody was reposting it on Instagram, and he did a dance to celebrate. So I thought it was kind of funny. So I was the first one to message him. I, I DM'd him on Instagram and like was laughing at his dance moves.
5: Ever since I met Lexi, I knew I loved her. (laughs) Even when I looked at her Instagram, I was like way into her, and then early on she wasn't that into me.
7: (laughs) I don't know, like wasn't really feeling it, you know? But like same thing, I was like, he's fun and he's cute, but... So I was going on dates with other guys throughout this whole time, and Isaac was the only one that I like kind of kept around and like still would talk to every now and then and text. We went out on our last date in December, like the middle of December, right before the bowl game. And it was like a flip switch. Like the moment I got in the car and started talking to him, I instantly was like, what the heck? Like, how did I never see this? You know, like this side of Isaac. Basically that night I fell for him. We had like our first kiss and the rest is pretty much history.
5: We weren't married at the time, the time that I broke my ankle. Her taking care of me and her helping me through Probably some of the darkest times I've gone through only brought us closer together, if that makes sense.
3: So you can't see this couch, but there's sort of six feet or seven feet this way and seven feet that way. And Isaac sat on here and recovered and Lexi sat right here and recovered with him. And she helped him every step of the way. So between his mom and Lexi, they were great nurses for him and kept his spirits high.
6: Lexi and Isaac were supposed to get married six days after that game. And so there was Lexi too, who had her wedding planned. Hundreds of people coming, everything's ready to go. Everything had to be put on hold.
7: Working towards something like that, that we were both just so excited for, and then having it taken away from us is what it felt like in the moment was pretty crappy, but it's okay. We eventually got there.
5: I couldn't do anything for her and she did everything for me some of the most Christ-like attributes I've ever seen in someone. She was absolutely amazing.
6: She was also such a great example to me and to all of us in our family, of just somebody who's just so strong and so focused on things that matter. Football is great. Football teaches you so many things. But when football ends, what do you have?
2: You know, Isaac, I feel, has
0: as goofy as he is, He's got a great um, outlook on life. One thing shouldn't define you, and
2: that how you come out of that is more important. And I think that that's his way of saying, I have my struggles with it, but I'm gonna outgrow this, and there's gonna be a, a greater story on the other side of it. He
3: just went to work and was ahead of schedule every step of the way, every milestone that he was supposed to hit, he was always ahead. Isaac knew he wanted to be ready for South Florida. Like, that was his goal. And he kept that and was purposeful in every movement of his ankle in order to get back to that day.
7: Like, why not have those goals and why not chase them every single day and do what it takes to do it? Even though he's like literally like recovered pretty much all the way, he's still taking it like one day at a time, you know, like those 1%, every little thing that like that you do in your life at home and when you're on the field in the locker room, like those are the small things that are going to allow you to achieve that goal.
2: I never doubted that he would make it back. I just, wasn't sure when it would happen, and he's going to play for us and play a lot. So I'm really impressed with that. He's earned the right to have a great season, in my opinion.
5: I know that through the example of others and through the help of our Heavenly Father that we could get through anything. You're never lost, you're never in too big of a situation that it can't be fixed, and there's someone to help you, and they'll get you through your darkest times times that you may think you'll never be able to get out of. For me, there's been multiple people that have helped me, and I can't thank them enough for helping me throughout the situation and believing me for me to come back and play the sport that I love.
0: What a fantastic story and incredible recovery from Isaac Rex. I mean, personally, I was like, he's gonna play against South Florida? Really? This after, was late after that.
1: This was late November, and how about the uh, perhaps the one and only priesthood blessing in the uh, Coliseum ever, right there, pretty pretty special. And obviously, he plays a massive role in the team, and with no Dallin Holker, even more. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, like the, big role the for the tight
0: ends room is one big person smaller, and now Isaac Rick's role probably grows that much more. I think so.
1: Okay, join us Monday night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. It's the men's basketball season preview, live from day one of practice in the Marriott Center. All the coaches will be mic'd up, conversations with everybody, get to know the new guys. Cannot wait for this Monday night on BYU TV.
0: Uh, Plus, Isaac Rex, uh, we talked about his recovery. There are some other big changes happening in his life. We'll talk about that next on BYU Sports Nation. This
3: portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America. The official credit union of BYU Athletics. Welcome to my rodeo.
1: Welcome to my, rodeo. Welcome to, my, welcome to, my welcome to my rodeo. Yo, download the BYTV BY TV and BYU Radio apps. You can watch former games with Wyoming. Plus, of course, get ready for the Cowboys on Saturday night.
0: Our question of the day, what does BYU football have to do against Wyoming to help you as fans move on from the game against Oregon? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from at CL underscore living. BYU needs to remember that Wyoming is part of Oregon or of the Oregon Trail. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. the part where you need to circle your wagons again and then move on ahead to a better place. Hey,
1: there you go. Be always backtracking a little bit, but yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it was funny living in Portland as a kid uh, playing Oregon trails, yeah. like, I'm already here. I'm not trying to go there. I already You have
0: here. typhoid. You have died. <laughs> <laughs> it is your birthday. <laughs> All right. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America. More flour. The official credit union of BYU Athletics. Um, Isaac Rex has had some memorable red zone celebrations, right? Touchdown celebrations. Yep. The Cabbage Patch, of course. Then rocking the baby after he scored against Dorgan. But he, there's a little bit more. He to this. and
1: Lexi are expecting. Yes. Which is very exciting. Yes. Now you I know who Lexi is after the D. Blue. She it, played uh, volleyball. U.V.U. It was above. not
0: public at the moment. He celebrated by rocking yep, the football. Yep. And then he rocked the baby. That's very awesome, cool. Dude. Congratulations well uh, to well the Rexes. All right, thanks to today's guest, Nate Mickle. Conversation continues on the internets. Sorry, Dennis Pitto, no time. For Jerome Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Randy Rawlinson. Volleyball tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, WCC play opens up. Go, Cougs.